Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Thank you, thank you for listening. Have you ever been invited over to a friend's house where they walk the food right to you? You know, they 
always have an abundance of groceries that they seem to want to be rid of. Have another piece of pie. Oh, oh, have another piece of cake. Oh, here, look, look, won't you have another cup of coffee? Here's the answer. My friend Winky came up with this answer. He gives these people a wistful look and says, If it's all right with you, I'll take the rest in money. Now we'd like to play an original, one of our recordings, written by our pianist, Russ Freeman, Band-Aid. How do you make up your mind on bond issues or tax issues when they come up for a vote? You've heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again. I follow the money. Don't you like to see who is for or against any bond or tax issue? So when I saw hundreds of signs 
out by the road that said, fed up with taxes? I knew there was big, big money out there looking out for its own greedy needs. Oh, they aren't thinking about you, and they aren't thinking about me. And one day I found the answer to all those signs on the front page of a newspaper. Which way, let me ask you this, which way would you vote if you saw that Pepsi-Cola and Coca-Cola had put up over a million dollars on one side and the Maine Medical Association had put up $40,000 on the other? It sounded an awful like Honeysuckle Rose, but that is not what it said on the on the jacket. Probably avoid some paying some commission to somebody. Nobody no not many women do it. But Winky told me that on the day before he got married, his bride to be told him about all of her previous affairs. Uh. 
I said, gee whiz, Winky, that took a lot of courage. Winky said, it took a lot of memory.
wonder when you hear those things if there were six or eight musicians playing when they started and only had only had two or three left by the time they got done. That was, of course, as anybody could tell, Oscar Peterson, Niels Hennin, Austin Peterson, Stephen Grappelli could hear that. You might have had to guess on Joe Pass and Mickey Roker of Rocker or whatever it is and I got to tell you that you're listening to the humble farmer who's got a frog in his throat Mm. here on your favorite radio station. Thank you for listening. I don't know if you ever go to the farm trade show in Augusta every January, but it's a good show. I used to go all the time. I see David Bright there. And if the roads are clear, you should try to make it up there next time they have one. My friend Winky had a booth there last year, like he always does, but last winter was special. Guess why? The governor stopped. The governor stopped by Winky's booth. He looked at a machine Winky had made, and it was obvious to one and all that the machine didn't seem to do much of anything. You couldn't tell nothing by looking at it anyway. And of course the governor didn't want to say nothing bad to a voter, so he only kind of scratched his head and asked Winky what good anybody could find in this machine that he had there on display. And Winky said, oh, oh, poor people got a lot of these things. You can tax it.
If there is a better way to help out in your community than coaching peewee baseball, well, you can tell me what it is. But listen to this. When my friend Coach Winky replaced the best pitcher with another boy, some of the parents wanted to know why. And Winky said, you can believe that he had a good answer. Yes, indeed. And Winky said, well, that boy who was striking out all the batters was throwing a curveball. A curveball is thrown with a deliberate attempt to deceive. And I don't think that is an ability we should encourage in young people. time I might as well get this out of the way and tell you that you're listening to the humble farmer here on your favorite radio station thank you thank you thank you for listening one of my favorite poems by Oliver Wendell Holmes contains the line I only ask that fortune send a little more than I shall spend 
And isn't this true? No matter how much we have, it's human nature to want more. I have 14 or so Model T Ford engines, but one day someone asked me if I'd like two more, and I, I couldn't say no. I have 22 solar panels out on my hen house generating electricity for this farm, but I need six more. Oh, it'd be so nice to have 28 panels instead of 22. Drive down the road in any town or village in Maine, and you will see row after row of storage sheds where people proudly pile possessions. A little alliteration there, if you like you hear in Beowulf, people proudly pile possessions that they obvi obviously don't need. They put them in these bins. For years, I've coveted my next-door neighbor's old green garage. I wanted it. It sagged on both sides. I knew that some day soon he'd tear it down, build a new one. And the day before that happened, I planned to offer him a couple of hundred bucks for it, hook onto it with my tractor, drag it home. But I went away for a day, and when I came home, <laughs> I discovered that he'd burned it down. A couple of hundred? If he'd said to me, Robert, I'll, I'll let it go for four hundred, I would have given him as much as four hundred dollars for that great storage building. I could have put Marsha's mower in it. I could have put tools in it. What my neighbor did was tantamount to put in a match to forty ten-dollar bills. Think about this. Remember that no matter how wretched something looks to you, one of your neighbors probably wants it. You want to keep this in mind if your wife suddenly takes an interest in bowling three times a week.
When my friend Winky was a senior in high school, he went to the senior class prom with a girl from Camden, and this girl was wearing a low, low cut off the shoulder dress. And after a while, well, curiosity got the better of him, and Winky said to her, What is keeping that dress on you? She said, Only the onions on your breath. Thomas Snow. I think the last time I played with Tom Snow must have been for Sarah Sherman's wedding down in Southport. Thirty years ago, perhaps? Tom Snow, just one of those things. He's got quite a few albums out. This one is called Some of the Time. Thomas Snow, Some of the Time. Excuse me on that. Have you ever been fumbling around with some project, not really knowing what you were doing, or simply wondering why what you were trying to do was not happening? Just about that time, 
one of the let me show you show you boys looks over your shoulder and if you're not careful you will be elbowed aside and someone who thinks he knows more about the project than you do will be digging you deeper and deeper into the hole now to be sure i admit it you know this there are some very clever people like my brother my brother intentionally intentionally fumbles just so the person looking over his shoulder will finally scream oh, for heaven's sakes give me that wrench let me do that for you <laughs> for over 50 years my brother has polished this skill and long ago mastered the art of standing back while some hapless dubber of a let me show you boy sweats himself deeper and deeper into some inextricable mess and sometimes they even do the project for him now you know as well as I do that it is hard if you're a man it is hard not to want to get right in there when someone asks you how to fix the catch on the dishwashing machine so it won't unhook itself and shut off halfway through the rinse cycle but right now we're going to salute those this is a salute no things considered the humble farmer salutes those who are strong enough to turn their backs and walk away. I recently witnessed an example of the powerful IQ and maturity it takes to do this. Please, please listen, listen closely. I handed my digital camera to Steve, who was sitting next to me at the breakfast table. I said that there were 172 pictures in that camera that I'd like to erase, and I asked Steve if he knew how to do it. Steve, who has a Ph.D. in something, proved that he is also brilliant because he handed the camera back to me and said, I don't know a thing about it.
My friend Winky bought a whole mess of hens. And Winky told me that he was going into the chicken business. <laughs> I said, Winky, you don't know nothing about breeding chickens. And Winky says, no, I don't, but the chickens do. This next tune is written by a very good friend of mine whom I played with for a long time, Jerry Mulligan. He dedicated this tune to uh, Jimmy Lyons, a West Coast disc jockey, called it A Line for Lions. Thank you. 
If anybody said to me, uh, can you whistle a line for lions? I'd say, I got no idea how it goes, but I do know that tune, even though I can never remember the name to it. Nice tune, isn't it? You are, of course, listening to the humble farmer here on your favorite radio station. Every week at this time, you can hear me here with a any luck at all. I play old-fashioned music just for you. My email is thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. I love to hear from you. Believe it or not, I do get an occasional letter. Some of them even say good things. My wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, has a friend who looks at movies before they are released to make sure an actor isn't wearing green socks in one shot and white socks in the next. You know, they might shoot these, uh, what do you call it, contiguous scenes six months apart. Anyway, but what would happen if someone born in 1840 saw a modern movie about the life of Abraham Lincoln? If you lived through that era, you would certainly see many simple little things in the movie that didn't ring true. Items of clothing, the language, the way the harness fit the horse. This is brought to my mind every time I see Clint, you know, for the umpteenth time in High Plains Drifter. The people who made the movie made sure, oh yes, make sure that all car tracks, truck tracks, are brushed out of the two-wheeled ruts in the road that lead into town. And here's Clint riding through high grass, and of course there's only two-wheel tracks in it. And I, <laughs> I laugh just to think about it. When I was a kid, some of my neighbors were using horses and wagons. Lou had a horse, Percy had a horse, Vic had a horse. Horses and wagons were very common when I was a kid, and the old dirt road back of my house had three ruts in it. Wouldn't you think that people who make movies would realize that every time a wagon went over their road, something must have been pulling it?
dee dee me, my friend Winky was all set to check out of the store. He had a can of coffee in his hand. When he looked in his wallet and found his wallet was empty. But then he looked up, he saw his neighbor there, and he said, Oh, please loan me $20 so I can buy this can of coffee. But as so often happens with many of us when we don't write things down, Winky forgot to pay his neighbor back the $20 until weeks later it came to mind when his neighbor called him and asked him if there was anything he could get for him while he was in town. Winky says, Oh, yes, thank you for calling. Please buy me a can of coffee and take it out of that 20 I owe you.
Oscar, Oscar Peterson, Niels Hennen, Osted Peterson. Got just enough time to give you the little know things considered, your little bit of wisdom for today. With any luck at all, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. And here is that wisdom for today. The journey of a thousand miles starts with going back into the house to look for the keys to your truck. <laughs> <laughs>